This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Nice camera action. Hello, world. Welcome in to Moneyline on a beautiful Sunday morning. Football is in the air. It smells like football because we are days away, days away from the Texans taking off on the Chiefs in a marquee matchup on a Thursday night that we've been waiting for, that we've been hoping for. We didn't know if it was going to happen, and here it is. But before we get to that, I want to get to my co-host, my partner in grind, at Josh Jordan 97.5 is where you can find him on Twitter, Josh Jordan. What's up, Jerry? This is the weekend, man. Fantasy drafts happening all over the place. One of my favorite weekends of the year. I'm excited, man. You said it. Football is right around the corner. It's around the corner. It feels different coming on air today. It just, we didn't know. Okay, we didn't know. We were hoping, can can the NFL happen? Will all these other sports be able to pull it off? Well, they did, and here we are somehow. And if you want to get in on any part of the show today, 713-780-3776 at Moneyline975 is where you can find us on Twitter. I'm Jerry Bow at Jerry Bow Knows with a Z. Behind the glass is our guy at Juggalo underscore Trey48. He's going to be keeping us in line, keeping the music going, and getting us acquainted with what is hey this is what you guys got to do here because we got to get the people ready there's the the times for fantasy drafts the times for putting in the future bets in the nfl there's no more time to wait no man this is it this is that bill parcells thing this is why you lift all those weights this is why you look at all those fantasy rankings in the offseason it's go time these are the big decisions I'm happy, man. I, I'm so looking forward to this Thursday. I hope the game goes off without a hitch. Fans supposed to be in the stands. Get back to a little bit of normalcy. A little bit of normalcy is what we're looking for. A little bit of wins is here in town. Let's get right into it. Man, uh, so much has happened. We only get to talk to you guys one time a week, so it feels like uh, it feels like months when we get back in here because so much has happened in the sports world now that we're past the uh, COVID sports, we could call it, because now we actually have things going on. And we'll start right there with the Astros. Um, it's not much to it, man. I think Are we cursed in, in, in the extra innings curse of 2020? It feels like it, man. And these games seem to take even longer with the new rules. I, I hate it. I'm tired of the extra innings, especially on the West Coast, man, having to stay up that late to watch them lose. If, if you want to stay up to watch the Astros, at least pay it off with a win every now and then. Now, the question here is the trade deadline, it passed. No moves were made. Many said, why make a move if, if, if there's nothing to make? Why do just make a move for, for the sake of doing one to say you didn't stay put? But... At the same time, we we were relying on a lot of those um, young arms that have been over-exceeding expectations, and you knew that there was going to be some kind of regression. That was known. How much? We didn't know that. But here we are. Um, The bullpen's getting a little tired. No lead is safe. Here we are again. I'm not sure. And we talk one time a week. I'm not sure how much I've changed from last week because I knew it was coming. I just didn't want it to come 
in these kind of spurts. No, I get it. But, yeah, they've been up and down, lots of winning streaks, lots of losing streaks. So, you know, we'll probably be sitting here next Sunday and they'll rift off five games in a row or something like that. So it, it's just the nature of this short season. I, I think at the trade deadline they were hoping that, you know, you get Urquidy back, which he did come back and pitch, and hopefully maybe Verlander comes back and some of the guys in the rotation could go to the bullpen and, you know, they could improve that way. You know, we're still waiting on Verlander. We'll see. Now, the long road trip, we knew that this was going to be a an, an important part of this schedule. 11-game road trip, 60-game season. This is where it's make it or break it as to where you're going to be towards the latter end of the season. What do you think? Because starting off a road trip like this is bad. How many games do you need them to win out of that 11 to say, hey, do you need what, going 500? I mean, that would be nice. I'm not that worried about them making the playoffs. No. You know what I mean? I think they're going to do that. So the head-to-head games against the A's, I think they really need to make up some ground there. That Those are the games I'll be circling on my calendars. they they got to play well against Oakland. We'll see how it goes. But, you know, you see, you know, Altuve gets hurt. You know, it seems like every time it looks, you know, Bregman's supposed to be, you know, good go coming back. And then you lose Altuve. Every time it seems like you're getting somebody back, somebody else gets hurt. It feels like they are kind of cursed this year, it's, but yet they're in the thick of things. That, that they're probably going to make the playoffs and make a run. And this is what you've been waiting for because Urquidy, that's something mm-hmm. that you've been waiting for. Now, you, at this point of the season, I didn't think that the Astros would be so injury-plagued as they are. I'm not sure that I would have expected this, but if you would have told me that everything they dealt with and then this is where they stand record-wise, I would say that's a success. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Look, they're doing just good enough. They just need to get in the tournament, and then anything can happen. If, and if they get lucky and Verlander's good to go for the playoffs, I like their chances. You, uh, you, you're a fan of the expanded playoff format? I mean, just for this year, I guess. In general, probably not. I, I, sometimes I feel like all the playoffs and all the sports are a little bit bloated. You know, NFL added extra playoff teams this year. That one I'm kind of okay with, but, you know... I don't want more poor teams getting in. You know, you get to the point where you have teams that really shouldn't make the playoffs that can win the whole thing just because they get hot for a couple weeks. We're also maybe going to see that in NFL. And last year we started thinking of the teams that were uh, on the outside of the bubble that would got you in the playoffs. And you said, did we really need that extra team? I mean, being a Steelers fan, yeah. But did they really deserve to be in that playoffs last year? No. It was a... It was a good story, but not playoff worthy. So, again, it's just uh, we're going to have to get used to it. Hopefully, these teams don't get used to the extra money. You know how that goes. And all of a sudden, wow, we're going to be playing extra, an extra extended, expanded. Because before the COVID, the expanded format was already being talked about in NFL. You know, yeah. that was already a plan. That was already being brought up in CBA. Now that it, it's it's COVID, now the other sports, I'm not sure if they're ever going to be willing to let that go back. No, it's more money. And let's face it, owners like more money, but it's going to help the Texans. You know, this is a year where they may need that extra wild card spot to get into the playoffs. Well, let's get right to it because that's that's what we want to focus on on this first segment. Something that uh, everyone's been kind of, I'm not going to say worried about, but hopeful for here. Just hoping that, man, one Deshaun Watson would make this his home. Now, by no means did we ever expect, hey, um, you know, he's going to leave because once you saw that, they didn't sign Hopkins or, or weren't willing to give him the extension or, or the added money that he was wanting. Or, and then when you saw that the, the, the extremities that they went to to get Tunzel, you started saying, okay, this, this adds up. This leads me to believe that Watson's going to get his money, but how much and what's the longevity of it? 
Well, if you're no longer a four-year contract extension worth $160, $111 million in guarantees. That's, it's just, it just feels wild saying all that. Watson gets paid. Houston, you got your man for, what, six years now? Yeah. So how do you feel after all this? I mean, I, I like it. You know, you want that certainty that, you know, he's going to stay. And we talked before the show how, you know, people were – See, like, see, we told you about Deshaun. All those cryptic tweets didn't mean anything. They might have meant some leverage. You know what I mean? It, it might have gotten him some extra money since they saw he wasn't happy that they traded Hopkins. So maybe they paid him a little more than they hoped to. But I think it's a good deal for Houston. You know, I'm a, I'm a big Texans fan, and we we remember the Brock Osweiler years and the Brian Horrier years, you know, Ryan Mallett. We finally have a good quarterback, the Houston Texans do. So I'm excited. Deshaun's going to be here for a while, but it was a smart deal. Looks like he'll hit free agency at about 30 years old, so he can cash in again. Now you start comparing this because we were we've been told that man, there's going to be a, a, a somewhat of a recession in football as far as money because all the money that might be lost from this COVID shutdown. Well, people are still getting signed. We saw the Mahomes deal. We're seeing teams spending money, so. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear any of that now. If you look at cash to be earned through the first four years of the contract, hey, Russell Wilson, 131, Aaron Rodgers, 125, Ryan Tannehill, 118. So everyone talks about that Mahomes deal, that 12 years. Mahomes only makes 103.5 through that first four years. Watson, 111.8. Way to go, Deshaun. And we know Mahomes and Deshaun, to, to some extent, they wanted there to be some flexibility so that good teams could be built around them. You know, we saw that for years with Tom Brady taking a little bit less so that they could put more talent on the team. Whereas we saw the opposite approach with Peyton Manning, who took every penny he could get every time he went to the to the table to negotiate. But look, it's a good deal. You got Deshaun locked up. And Zach Cunningham, too. That was the other guy that they said, hey, we want to get an extension done with him before the season starts. They did. Both these deals are taken care of. I think that it's the right move. They paid Cunningham a lot, but he is a good player. And let's face it, the Texans, they don't have a ton of star players anymore on defense. And we'll, I'm sure we'll get to the Clowney news. You know, that Rumor had it that the Texans did have some discussions with Clowney, but ultimately he decided he's going to go to Tennessee. It is interesting, right, to see Tunsil and Clowney going against each other for the, for the next year. I mean, that's going to be a game within a game. Yeah. You know, you'll be watching that individual matchup throughout that game. And going just to to put a bow on the Watson deal, twenty seven million signing bonus, seventeen million more than what Mahomes got. But like you said, though these um, these deals were, I'm not going to say team friendly because the look at the amount, but at the same time they didn't. Teams have 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 figured out a way to structure deals to where their the the money's is is back ended. It's spread out through bonuses where it doesn't hit your cap. Now we don't know what the cap's going to be next season. We don't know because it was increasing steadily year throughout year. But with the COVID shutdowns and the lack of money, I'm not sure what it's going to be. But you know what the percentage of the money that. Watson, the quarterback position entails now, you know that much. That's not going to change the percentage or the or the money that he withholds. The percentage of it is that that's what's going to change. Yeah, I mean, you, you know what he's going to cost you each year, what piece of the pie that's going to be Watson. And man, one thing about the Texans, they've been writing some checks, man, paying Tunsil all that money, Cunningham, Watson. It's 
they're not afraid to pay these guys. Let's let's hope there's some money left because on defense, there's still a lot of holes to fill. And Roby, they gave a big contract too. I'm not sure what your paychecks look like, but uh, on October 20th, Watson, he's going to get a 6.75 to hit that direct deposit. On December 20th, he gets another 6.75 direct deposit uh, to add on to the $27 million that he's about to get as soon as he passes a physical. Uh, this is money. Now, the cool thing about it is, man, he's got a, a bunch of little incentives, these, these $1.1 million guaranteed uh, for skill, injury, and cap. That's something that's thrown on to 2020, 2021, 2022. Just little incentives in this deal that people say, man, it ended up being way of, of a better deal than what Mahomes got. Hey, way to go. <laughs> we'll see how it pans out. But, you know, they had to get him locked up, Jerry, and it sounds like it's, you know, a pretty favorable deal for Houston. So, you know, they got something right, it looks like. We get to watch Deshaun for the next few years. The one thing I did want to bring up is we'll talk about this on the other side. Who's going to last longer? Is Watson going to be here longer or Bill O'Brien? Yeah, and we'll talk about because many are giving O'Brien the credit for this. And again, I don't, the the base of this this first segment we talked about it before. We want to make sure that 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 we know. Hey, okay, now now the Texans got a quarterback, the quarterback that you've been wanting, the one that that you didn't have for years, and that you were searching around for, and that you were envious of other teams having. And and the let's say the the fighter mentality that he has. That that's who Watson is. That's why you love him. The thirty nine million that he's getting right now, I'm not sure it's it's because of what he's produced already. It's because what you know that he can be, and what the organization knows he can be, and, and what the fans want him to be. And I think that's why O'Brien gets so much much talk about him because you think that maybe he's holding back things. Now, now we're here. We're we're days away from the, the kickoff of the NFL season. He got his money. Hopkins is in the past. All right. I'm not going to sit here and say, man, let's get past that because it was a monumental move. It's a franchise changing move. But it is what it is. And this is what we got. You have a fighter, a guy that, you know, no matter how good that team is, no matter what the scoreboard, no matter what the record is. He's going to go out there and fight, and that's all you can hope for, ask for. That's all you can. In this league, that's what you hope for. So we're going to take you to break with this, and this is Watson, and this is why you love him. And this is yesterday Watson in his meeting whenever he uh, he got paid, and it was an emotional thing for you Houston fans. Enjoy this. You're listening here to Moneyline ESPN 97.5. Go to the Super Bowl. On ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Hey, it's a party on a Sunday. Why? Because football's in the air, and we are days away from seeing what's going to happen in a 10-point game spread. Hey, the Sharps are dropping it, and I'm going to tell you why some throughout 
sometime throughout this show because in Vegas, that line has gone down to eight and a half and nine some spots. That, that tells you some money is coming in on the Texans. We're going to jump into that game. We're going to preview it. We're going to say, hey, this is what we think. Not to go ahead and sign your kidney over on a Thursday opening night of football. You know how that first night is. You come out and you bet it like it's, a, it's the last night. And it's not going to be the last night if you wear your mask, right? Because <laughs> someone out there is not going to be wearing their mask, and that's going to be a problem. But check it out. You know we are big, big ambassadors, pushers of the uh, Boomer Naturals mask. And why? Because the nano silver technology. And people ask, man, what is that? You know, once you start talking to that, people say, man, the mask is a mask. No, the nano silver technology, what it does is it, it stops the tr- tiny drops of particles in the air getting into your mouth. Because wearing a mask is not only about you, it's about protecting others. With the mask, this particular mask, the Boomer Naturals mask, you get that, and you get that, if especially that discount, 20% off if you use promo code JERRY when you go to checkout. Not only masks, but they have everything, man. They, I saw they have uh, for you pet animal, for you dog lovers, uh, CBD for the animals. I saw that on the well uh, as well on there. If you uh, pay at least $50 or, uh, in an order and you get back uh, free shipping, so that's also a plus. And also, for every order that you make, they donate. These guys are donors. You know me, I'm all about giving back. They donate money every time that someone uh, buys or purchases and makes an order. So go ahead and go to Boomer Naturals. And you, the ones that tell me, man, I don't, I don't like to shop online. I don't do the whole computer thing. Guess what? They're available at CVS's now. So you can get the Boomer Naturals mask over at CVS's now. You can't go up there and say, hey, Jerry, give me a... Give me the discount. I know Jerry at the cash register. You're going to say, who is that? Yeah, buy it online, please. Yeah, they're going to say, <laughs> you're going to say, let me use my promo code Jerry at the CVS. They're going to say, no, man, you can't do that. You can't do that. So, again, if you want to use that promo code Jerry, go to Boomer Naturals, get 20% off. If you want to go to CVS and do it that way, hey, go ahead and you're still supporting uh, someone here that's big to the station. But let's get over to the uh, text line some here, and we're talking on break, right? We're talking about that third pick. In fantasy football drafts, because this week we had, I had five, you know, unfortunately. Um, shout out to everyone in the Moneyline Leagues. We filled five leagues, guys. Every league with 12 players. It's ridiculous. Thanks, guys. Remember when we, we yeah. first started this show, Josh, it, uh, three years now ago? And, and man, we were, we were scared that we couldn't even fill one. <laughs> You're, and then when the second year came along... We threw it, uh, I think it was at St. Arnold's. Yeah, we did it at the brewery out there. That was fun. And then that league, we ended, uh, that year we had two, I believe. And then last season, we grew to three at Twin Peaks. We had those leagues. And then now, man, we had five and we sold out. We have people all over the nation playing. I'm talking about people from Philly, from Cali, everyone. So shout out to everyone. We'll be getting uh, more of the details on the prizes here soon. But you know I'm not going to short uh, short end you. you know? I'll, I'll come up with something groovy. Um, hey, they're digging the boogie wonderland, the, the, the comeback music. Hey, we're trying to jam on a, on a Sunday morning, on a football Sunday morning. I mean, this is what it's about, Josh. It's no more messing around. It's about that third pick for a lot of people. What do you think in a PPR league when it's McCaffrey, it's Barkley, and then you're thinking to yourself, is it Kamara or is it Zeke? That's the question, right? And for me, it was pretty pretty easy early on. For me, I'm going with Kamara right there. But we see him getting a shot in his back, missing some time. Yeah, I know, right? We know he was injured quite a bit last year. We heard about the ankle and the knee. I didn't realize there's a back issue going on too. So we saw that the other day, and that's got me worried a little bit. But you know, from from talking to some people, I've found out that this may just be kind of a thing to to keep him comfortable for the early part of the season with his back. That it's not necessarily an issue. So, but 
you worry a little bit, right? You don't want guys taking shots in their back before game one. That's that's not what you want to hear. So maybe Zeke Elliott might be the way to go. And keep in mind, he got off to that slow start last year because, remember, he held out. And we've seen you know Kamara holding out a little bit. It's never good when guys are holding out. Usually it affects them in the early part of the season. So right now I'd probably go Zeke at number three just because there's a – there's a website called Fantasy Points, and John Hansen runs the website. I think he does a great job. He puts out a column every year, and it's called Good Vibes, Bad Vibes. And really, all he does is just takes kind of a macro level, a, you know, a high-level view of what's going on. And Is this guy kind of have good vibes going around him, or does he have bad vibes going around him? And sometimes it's that simple on making decisions early in the year. And if you look at Kamara with the holdout and him having to have a shot in his back, that's not exactly good vibes. Where with the Cowboys, you feel like the vibes are pretty good with them and their offense. You know, you're hearing great things about C.D. Lamb, and so I think Zeke Elliott. I'd probably lean that way. It feels a little safer. Okay, let me ask you this, and I know Trey, you're a big Cowboys guy. I am. They lost center Travis Frederick right to retirement. Now they lose Lalo Collins. Now for three weeks is what the minimum is what he's going to be lost. When do, do we? Because for the last X amount of years, we've always painted the Cowboys offensive line as strength, Yeah, right? Do they take a step back? And I'm not saying this year, but at what point do we say, hey, man, injuries are catching up. Age is catching up. Do they take a step back? Does that do anything for what Zeke is? What do you think, Trey? I think as long as you have Tyron Smith kind of anchoring your offensive line and Travis uh, and uh, Notre Dame, Martin. Uh, Martin, as long as you got Martin and Fre- uh, Travis or Tyron Smith, you know, you're... You're good. I think you still have a, a decent offensive line, but it has taken some hits losing Frederick. He was really the centerpiece of that offensive line. Yeah, no doubt. And there's still a plus offensive line. And I got to think they're going to face some lighter boxes with C.D. Lamb being out there with Amari Cooper and you know Gallup. I think they're going to throw the ball around. And Jarwin, man, he's you know you've been pushing Jarwin a little bit for a few weeks on this show, and we're hearing great things out of camp about him. He's a good guy to take a flyer on really late in your draft. Maybe he could have a year like Waller did last year for the Raiders and pop up out of nowhere and be a top three you know tight end for you. And to interject, I think that might be why they took C.D. Lamb is because they want they knew their offensive line was kind of struggling and they wanted to kind of keep the box kind of empty now. So that might have been why they got a a slot receiver so early, I think. Now let's pump the brakes on as far as now you're hearing, okay, uh, uh, Texans got throwing shots now at, man, well, the Texans got their deal done with their guy. The the Cowboys couldn't lock up a deal with Dak. Man, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard because Dak was trying to set the market. Obviously, Mahomes set the market when he did his, but the Dak talk's been going on for a while. Dak was trying to set the market before those guys were. If anything, the Cowboys dodged the bullet without signing the Dak deal before the Watson deal because now they can come on paper and look at him in his eyes and say, do you honestly think that you should make more money than Mahomes and Deshaun Watson? Do you think so? Now, before that, they were the talks would be more like, okay, before either deal got done, Mahomes or Watson, the deal would be more like, okay, so where do you think you're worth? Once Mahomes got done, 
then you start thinking, okay, well, where do you think you fall personally? Dak, do you think you fall in between Mahomes and Watson, and, and, or do you fall a little bit behind them? Now it's known. Now it's on paper, and it says, okay, that's what these guys get. Where's your bar at? You decided to bet on yourself this year, and you're going to take that route on it? Well, let's see it. You have all the weapons we talked about. Now he has every single weapon as far as him being able to throw it. He has a, a running back that they can't stack the box. I mean, if everything is in his possession, he has to be special, though. We're about to find that out. He is, and it's really going to come down to this year, right, Jerry? If he has a great year, say he has a better year than Deshaun, then they can go back to the negotiation table and ask for more money than Deshaun. But if he has a a step back year and he doesn't perform as well, then he is going to have to take less money. So that's just kind of the way it goes. He's betting on himself. You know, when you bet on yourself, it can go one one way or the other. But for me, when I bet, I like to bet at my bookie, guys. I was pulling this up at my bookie, Texans Chiefs. It's a nine and a half point spread. It's come down from 10 a little bit. A little later in the show, we're going to have some advice for this game. But guys, NBA's going right now. You got the Rockets Lakers to bet on. NFL's coming back this week. This is a great time to play some wagers and the best place to do it is my bookie. It's simple. You bet, you win, they pay. My bookie has over 150 different NBA bets to choose from, guys. It's all over the place. Any action you want, all you have to do is go to mybookie.ag and don't forget, you know, UFC, you got you got Astros, MLB, soccer, golf. You want to play some of Jerry's soccer plays? You do it at MyBookie. They have thousands of lines and prop bets. So join today at MyBookie, and they will double your first deposit. I mean, th- that is a fantastic offer. And the way you get that done is you want to use promo code RADIO. So go to MyBookie.ag, create your account, put promo code RADIO. They'll match it. You bet, you win, they pay MyBookie. Listening to ESPN 97.5, broadcasting safely with our masks from Boomer Naturals. Order now at BoomerNaturals.com and use promo code ESPN Houston for 20% off. Listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713 780 3776 at Moneyline 97.5, at Josh Jordan 97.5, at Jerry Bowe Knows with a Z, and at Juggalo underscore Trey 48. It's where you can find us, where you can hit us. Again, you can text us at 713-780-3776. You can find us on Twitch. We got a group of you hanging out. Shout out to all of you. Chuck, I know Lamont's out there driving right now, probably in the in the country. He hit us up last night and said, man, tell me there's money line tomorrow. And I said, yeah, it's, we're, we're this close. The Watson News, uh, the, the, the Astro, and, and the Rockets. Uh, Rockets. Don't, let's not forget about the Rockets tonight. Any, any thoughts of, of the Game 1? Some call it miracle. I'm not sure if it was just that, but uh, what are your thoughts going forward? Man, they really shocked me. I was on the wrong side of that. I was live betting. I told you this before the show. I was live betting the Rockets game, and I was just waiting to get Lakers it, it, you know, plus something. And then I did, and I lost. You know, I just had a feeling the Lakers were going to make a run. That did not happen. I was excited. It's Sometimes I like to do that to where – I bet I bet on the favorite like the Lakers in a game against the Rockets. So if I lose my bet, I'm still happy because my team won, right? 
But if my team loses and then I win money, then, you know, I'm kind of emotionally, I'm cool either way the game goes. So I was just happy the Rockets won, even though I lost a little bit of money betting on the Lakers. Going forward, I know that the Blazers are not the Rockets, right? They're not. But I feel like the Lakers are going to come out and, and make a statement here in game two. I just, I have that feeling. And it seems like every time the Rockets and Harden get my hopes up, there's a little letdown the next game. What do you think? From a betting perspective, Vegas has adjusted one point less of a favorite. They made the Lakers. Now you can catch it around that five-point range. Um, the over-under drops two, two points, two and a half points to some spots. They were on pace. Halftime, they were on pace to hit the over. Third quarter, they were still on pace. Then it just started slowly. Slow, it just slowed down. The, the Rockets' shots were dropping. The, the Lakers continued to struggle at the three-point line. Something has to change for the Lakers. They can't keep playing two big guys against that particular Rockets team. You just can't. It. You have to have a certain type of big guy to make it work. JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard isn't that type of guy. I think that you see Anthony Davis come out at the center today, and they're going to run it like that, and I think they'll run it smaller. Now, the problem with the Lakers is they don't have enough spacing. They're outside of Anthony Davis and, and LeBron, who do you really trust? Maybe Green because you've seen him on other teams in the finals, but they had Rondo shooting threes. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. When you have Rondo Yikes. shooting threes, Rondo is a like 26% career three-point shooter. He doesn't shoot there. If you have him, the spacing's not there because not only do you have, when he brings the ball up as a point guard, you have Braun and AD inside the paint or inside inside the perimeter, inside the arc, let's call it. Once Rondo, he, 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 everyone knows he's not a threat from back there, so you could play off of him. As soon as he goes in the paint, everything becomes flustered. That's just the way it is. That's what's going on here. You see in the Rockets, quick hands, so many strips. I've seen it this whole playoffs. How many times do you see someone go through the lane and then just hands come yeah. down, hands come down? Lakers got to adjust. I'm not sure what kind of adjustments they have to make. They got to play in transition. What made it hard for that? Because the Rockets' shots were going in. So when the shots get in, what happens? You're allowed to get back on defense and set up some. If the Rockets' shots aren't dropping, what happens with the Lakers? They get that ball and they can run. They push it up. They catch. That's where the difference was. I believe that today, I'm not thinking that the Rockets slow down much, but I think the Lakers speed up. And I think that, again, I'm going to go back to the over. I'm going to go back to that over. I'm going to go to my bookie. And I'm going to hit that over again because I just – it was on pace. I, man, Josh, this is the thing with gambling. When you when you you have a game so painted out, you, you put it on paper and you say, man, I'm going to bet it, and you end up doing a whole game, and then the, the halftime total hits, and then the game slows down in the fourth, and you ask yourself, why didn't I just split it? Half for halftime. Half. But conversely, it could go the other way. A slow start, and then in the second half they pick up. So you just – you end up questioning yourself so much in gambling, and that's what I found myself the last few days. And anyone listening out there, you know me, I get on myself so hard. The last few days it's been up and a lot of downs. Up and, and it's been that. Hit the halftime, but I didn't bet the halftime. Lose the game, and, and then they slow down. So – just make sure that you uh, bet accordingly. Maybe maybe some in-game bets. Luckily, my bookie allows that. They do, and that's probably what I'll look for here because, and it depends on what, where you're betting it, right? The, the lines can be a little different. I got my bookie pulled up right here. They still have it at six in favor wow. of the Lakers, and they got the total at 223. So if, do you still like the over? Is that the number you're like, I like right it. there? Yeah, I, I do too. This is probably one I'll look to live bet. I just – Six feels like a lot, you know, and, and who knows? The Lakers might blow their doors off tonight. You know, I don't know, but six feels like a lot. So I'll probably look to live bet this one, even though it bit me last time. 
either way, I don't think this is going to be some series where the Rockets win in four or five games. You know, this is gonna, they're going to have to fight for this thing. So I, I would not be surprised the Lakers come out and make a statement tonight. I hope that's not the case, but they're a different offense when Harden's hitting shots. You know, we haven't seen that game against the Lakers where Harden's struggling to hit shots. If that happens tonight, it's going to be a very different game. Many are comparing them to the, I believe it was the 03 Lakers when all they had was Shaq and Kobe. They, it was a second-round exit, I believe, to the Spurs. And that team that they couldn't do anything else outside those two players, right now the way it looks like, there's no trust on that team. And another thing that I noticed from the Rockets, many said, man, James, they put Harden to, they made a Harden attack uh, uh, LeBron, you saw that early. He was taking, he, he was attacking him one, obviously, to get him tired on both ends. But I believe this is what it is. I believe if you attack James, uh, LeBron James, he's the smartest player. It takes a smart team, team basketball, defense, defensively to stop what the Rockets are doing. I believe if you have LeBron having to be the main on ball defender, he, he doesn't have enough, he, he can't turn around and guide these guys. So that takes him out of the place. So that makes him say, hey, okay, now you got to play me one on one. And once I get it out of my hands, now you're dependent on those guys to know what they're doing. And they weren't doing the right things. They were allowing wide open shots, they were allowing the extra swing pass. That's what's happening. Not only do you make LeBron play both sides of the court, but you're making the best and the smartest defender that they have. I mean, don't get me wrong, Anthony Davis, the defensive player of the year, yes, of course, but. The smartest one, the one that's going to dictate, hey, this is where we're going to go. If LeBron was off the ball, he could be pointing, hey, let's switch, rotate. But when he's on the ball, he can't do anything but guard the guy in front of him. And that's what's happening here. They're playing. You're relying on all these other role players. That's actually a really good point, man. That makes a lot of sense. And for James, you know, he had trouble with Dort in that first round. So anybody playing him after this has got to feel a little bit easier, you know, like a, you know, somebody in the batter's box with the donut on their bat and then they take the donut off and it feels easier to swing. And, you know, maybe James, this feels a little easier as great as LeBron is. And we saw LeBron's dealing with a little bit of a groin injury too, right? So he was on the report. So that could be something to keep an eye on. Keep an eye on this. Giannis ankle today facing elimination. What do you think as a coach thinking about the future? Giannis is the Bucks' future. They hope. Would you have him go all out? Because he was hurting towards the end of the last game. It was noticeable. He limped off and said he was all right, but he he limped off as the cameras caught him. Questionable today, down 0-3 in a series that they've looked like they won't be able to pull this off. How how you as a coach, Coach Jordan of the Milwaukee Bucks, how much would you play him today? Uh, if the game gets away, do you just say, all right, let's call it quits? What do you do? Look, if he says he's good to go, I'm playing him. It's the playoffs, man. You know, like, playoffs. Yeah, it's the playoffs. It's in the playoffs. You, you go for it. You know, if it gets to where the game's out of hand late, then yeah, I think you pull him out of there. But it's all hands on deck, man. I, I know it's not likely they're going to come back, but these guys are competitors. You, you got to you got to try your best. Uh, we got a guy right here. We're just checking in with our guy from Twitch. The general says he likes to over in the game, but he thinks the general prep, I, I believe he's talking about the Texans, uh, the general no prep for defenses, make offenses at the start. What do you think as far as, okay, let's say as far as over-unders in, in basketball, we said, man, we don't know what it's going to be going into the bubble. Well, we saw a lot of scoring, okay? We saw a lot of it came on the heels of, of referees making bad calls, but we've seen a lot of scoring. How does that pertain to NFL? Does the lack of preparation help the offense or the defensive side of the ball? How do we come out of the gates that week one? I think it's team by team, right? A team like the Texans, a team like the Chiefs, all their 
all their people are in place in their offenses because there's no big coaching changes, not not like Tom Brady going to a brand new team. I think those teams will have some growing pains because they have new additions, new coaching, new players. Texans and Chiefs, those offenses should be good to go. You know, Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb are new, but, you know, Fuller, you know, most of the offenses intact, the tight ends. But I think the tackling is going to be pretty ugly the first few weeks of the season because there's no preseason games. They don't tackle a whole lot in practice, so I think that's going to be ugly. And I'm looking at the the total on the Texans-Chiefs games. It's at 54. I mean, the Chiefs dropped 51 on the Texans in the playoffs. I know it won't be exactly the same, but I don't love the Texans' defense. I think the Chiefs are going to put up points. I think the Texans are going to put up points. I, I like the over. Let's talk handicapping real quick and how – how do you get to a bet? And we'll start right there. Okay, so uh, 54, you say? Yep. Okay, so what are the paths to victories? How I like to break it from the inside out. What are the paths to victory for each team? We know that the Chiefs, they're gonna, they'll are gonna they be able to score. We always knew, though, that there was a trend that the Chiefs overs at home games, for whatever reason, they went under because they were always juiced. Yep. So what do we have on the table? What's known and unknown? Well, you mentioned it uh, during break that these teams – are pretty much the same. There's not big changes like Brady. There's none, none, none of that. The coaching staffs are still intact. How much of a downgrade are we giving it for the COVID and the lack of their preparation? Are we taking some points off? Because I know that the over-under for that playoff game was higher than this 54. That's one thing that's sticking out to me here. So why the downgrade? Is it because it's the first game of the season? Is it what changes? What changes on the offensive side of the ball? Do we believe that the the, the Texans take a step back offensively, um, points wise? I'm not sure if they do. I think that they still can score as much as they were last year. They put up a ton of points in that Saints game week one. The Texans did. And the other thing, we always talk about those stats about Andy Reid coming off a bye, having extra time to prepare. Well, he's had all off season to prepare bye. for, for, yeah, for the, yes, bye, bye, bye. Uh, I mean, he had all off season for this bad Texans defense to put a game plan together. Remember, Travis Kelsey ripped them apart in that game. He even left injured and then came back in and scored touchdowns. I mean, he just killed them. I don't feel like they've done anything on the Texans defense to account for Travis Kelsey. I think he's going to have a big game. Look for him and Daly. In fantasy, that that could be a good play. Let's get some predictions. If you're out there listening, you want to get in on the show, 713-780-3776. I want predictions. I want to get a prediction for the Texans game, tonight's game, the Rockets. Do you think the Rockets can pull it off? If not, why? I want to know predictions. I'm going to go ahead and drop a max play on that Chiefs game before I forget because it's going over. It's going over, man. I can't see a world where the Chiefs don't score. Let's say they score 30, 30 to 24. Uh, Texans still cover. It gets there. I can't see... Let's say they score 28, 28, you'd have to get 28, 26. That's an odd score to get to the 54. So you're saying for that 54 to get there, you're banking on the Chiefs to score 30. I think they can. I do too. I'm with you. I like the over. (coughs) Excuse me. And I like you to stick along with us for the next hour and 15 minutes. Hey, the bookies are trying to choke me out before we go to break. (laughs) I'm trying to give overs. They're trying to choke me out. I don't know if we can finish the show, but I'm going to try. Here, it's Moneyline ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5 
This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. It's a party here on a Sunday morning. It's Moneyline, and it's rock steady. We're trying to take you back to uh, to leather jackets with the, with the, with the, with the Thunderbolt earring, the, the Lawrence Taylor. We're trying to take you back to those times when, when life was so good. I need to get my hoop earrings back out, Jerry. The it's big, been a while. Yeah, ones. the big ones. I need to. I, yeah, once you get a little older, you find you don't wear the earrings so much anymore, at least in my case. I did want to get maybe into a little bit of fantasy talk here, maybe just kind of the first round, because I know a lot of you guys have your drafts this weekend. You might have one later today. You might have one tomorrow. Season starts on Thursday. And, uh, you know, we're an ESPN station, so we'll give uh, Matthew Barry a little bit of support here. I'll pull up his rankings. And this is in PPR, so I just want to go through. We'll just go through the first round. Everybody kind of give me your thoughts here. It looks like Christian McCaffrey at one and Saquon Barkley at two. Or it's kind of the consensus, yeah. right? That, that's where most people are going there. And Jerry and I talked about it a little earlier. When you get to the third pick, it, it gets a little tricky. Do you want Ezekiel Elliott? Do you want Kamara? We talked about you know Kamara having some issues, taking some shots in his back. You don't like to hear that, but he's expected to be okay. So you have a decision to make there. For me, and I would take Zeke. I was on the record. I just he feels a little safer because he's you know it doesn't sound like he's injured like Kamara is this early. You also have another big decision to make at pick number five, and I actually have the fifth pick and a draft coming up tomorrow. And this is where you get in that land of do you want Derrick Henry? Do you want to take a flyer on a rookie like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Maybe you you know you feel good about you know Dalvin Cook. There's but there's also the other way you could go to where you come in and you take Michael Thomas. You take the first receiver off the board in a full PPR. So there's a big decision to be made there because running back gets pretty ugly if if you don't take one in the, in the first or sometimes even in the first and second round. So you have to decide: Are you okay with maybe James Conner? Or Melvin Gordon being your number one running back if you go receiver early. What do you think? Would you take a flyer on one of these guys like Miles Sanders or Miles Sanders or Josh Jacobs or Clyde Edwards Elaire? Would you go that route, an unproven kind of guy? Or would you go with Michael Thomas, somebody you know is gonna be there for you every week? That's what's interesting here, okay, because there is a there is a lot of question marks and, and we've always talked about you can't necessarily win your league with one of those picks, but you can sure as hell lose it. Yep. So the question is how much unknown is there? How much of a risk are you taking? Is it how much of a risk is Cook? How much of a risk is Kamara? How much? So then you start saying uh, you remember no running back strategies. Mm-hmm. Is this one of those years? Because I've I mean I've seen Hilaire getting taken up there before those in some drafts. I've seen Alaire get taken third overall. Not that I would, but I've seen that I've already. Seen, I've seen that too, and, and Matthew Barry has him here at five. Okay, so then my question is this, because last year we saw Eckler, Ingram, those were fifth-round guys. Yeah. So if you do a no running back draft type of strategy, meaning your first four rounds until no draft, no running backs, for the most part, those are the traditional ones. Some of them, the new ones say one elite running back and the rest stay away. But say you do no running backs and you look at Elavion Bell in those fifth or sixth rounds and then you can somehow get the Buccaneers, now Leonard Fournette or whoever it is that gets the, the, the carries there because we saw James White, we saw guys in a Tom Brady-led offense be viable options. Where... 
where do you stand as far as no running back? Because you'd be able to stack up. Imagine if you, okay, let's say, for example, let's paint a picture that you were thinking no running back So today. which round? When's the first round you take a running back? Like round five? Is five, that that's five. what you're thinking? Four okay. latest. So then, okay, you're in the fifth spot. Say you were going to do no running backs. What would you go in that first round? Uh, who would you go out of those receivers? If I'm, I'm going with Michael Thomas, if it's a PPR. I mean, he had like 150 catches last year. I mean, that's ridiculous. So that feels safe to me. I would take Michael Thomas. And then probably Devontae uh, Adams after that. And imagine that. So then when you got that, because as far as receivers, Adams, Julio, Hopkins all the way at 20th overall ADP. And then you drop, uh, then you'll have Kelsey and then Godwin and whatnot. That, okay, so then at that point you're saying if, if everyone's doing the running backs, and what's to say that you're not going to have one of, if you went Thomas, you're probably going to be able to pair him with Adams, Julio, or Hopkins, one of those. Yes. So now you have one of those two. And then now by then, okay, Kelsey's gone. But then if you wanted to go George here, Kittle, Kittle, mm-hmm. then you can very well do that. If you're starting your team with those three guys and then you decide, okay, I don't want to go all out, uh, no running back strategy, I'll take one in the fourth, then you'll still have some guys right there in the fourth that the Jonathan Taylors or, you know, you wait till we talked about Marlon Mack being the guy. You can wait for him that fifth, sixth round. Yeah, even later. Yeah, you mean, you could get Jonathan Taylor in maybe the fourth and then get Marlon Mack in the seventh or eighth round. Imagine that. So not necessarily that that's a Brad strategy because there's a few backfields that we have question marks and Mark Ingram. Is it going to be him or Dobbins? Who, who's it going to be? What Who's going to lead the Broncos backfield? Some of these places, don't get me wrong, the, the traditional work horse uh, type running back 30 touches uh, you know run him to the ground he doesn't exist un- unless you're Derrick Henry which goes back to that little range that you talked about what how much do you trust Derrick Henry to be the eighth overall guy over guys like Jacobs and Mixon see that's the thing in an in a non-PPR I'd be all over him you know, but you just worry, is he going to catch more than 20, 25 passes? That's the thing on Henry. The other concern with him, too, and, and I'm considering him at number five in a PPR even. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I think playoffs included, he had like 400 touches last year. And he got paid. You know, I worry about those guys that get the new contracts. Are they going to run as hard? Are they going to push through injury? He had so many touches last year. I worry that he might break down. So he's a guy I'm a little worried about. And we did, it's funny, you know, I did a mock my mock uh, last week and it kind of applies to this conversation where I, I went receiver early just to try it. So I went, I got uh, Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill with my first two picks. There you go. Then I got James Conner in the third round, not bad. And then I took Jonathan Taylor in the fourth. And then just to kind of be sure, I took Kareem Hunt in the fifth. And word out of Brown's camp is they love him. He's the man. I'm, yeah. I'm hearing the same thing. It's just, it, it sucks that, that Chubb's there because what do we do with Chubb? But at the end of the day, when you have those situations, they only end up hurting each other. They do. And that's why I'd rather get Kareem Hunt in the fifth than have to get Chubb in the second. Because if they're going to split the touches, I'd rather have the cheaper guy. Minimize your risk. And I remember, I remember that team vividly now because you have Taylor, but then you also got Mac, I believe, in later the eighth. On. So you minimize your risk. Also, think about that, guys. If you're going to take a chance or if you see someone else take a chance, if you see someone else take a chance, then 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 maybe if depending where your team is, then you take that chance for them, knowing that there's going to be equity in that. If if somebody grabs Taylor early, you better be sure that they're thinking, man, I might be able to get Mac later. It's the return of the Mac in the ninth mm-hmm. round, and all of a sudden you come up because you you your team is built pretty nice, and you come up and say, I'm taking Mac. Now he's looking at you the whole time, like, what are we trading? Yeah. You know? 
What are you, you're, he's trying to tell you the, the rest of the open 18 pack y'all have been drinking before you leave. That, that's how it goes down because you took that guy. Last year we saw it with Pollard and, and, and Zeke. Yes. You know, and whoever grabs Zeke first, you already looked over at everyone like, hey, if anybody takes Pollard in here, it's going to be beef. And then somebody all of a sudden overdrafted Pollard and you're thinking, what was that for? You did that intentionally to hate on me because there's no way that, that you should even draft him. That's a good discussion is where do you target these guys, these potential handcuffs? I'd say seventh, eighth round if you want to make sure you get the guy. You see that with Latavius Murray. You know, if you're drafting Kamara and you're worried about him taking that injection in his back, you better get Latavius Murray in the seventh, eighth round just to be sure. Just J.K. Dobbins, he's a guy you target in the mid to late rounds. He could end up being the guy for the Ravens. The guy for the Ravens, The it, that's going to be a big question mark because – we need to know who that guy's going to be to be able to paint that offense. I'm not, I'm not sure Lamar Jackson's going to throw for as many touchdowns as he did. I think that's no. where the regression falls, right? So then, if it falls there, then it falls. Those touchdowns are going to be made up somewhere else, particularly on the ground. And it, who's going to get them? Someone's got to get them. Hopefully, it's not split. Hopefully, they decide to take one or the other. I'm not sure you take Mark Ingram and say, "Hey, stick, take a step back." He's like 31 now. How much longer is he going to be able to do it? That's what I tell you what I'm able to do. I'm able to go to my bookie, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to make money. I came out with Wells earlier, winner. Netherlands is going right now. Den Bosch, go ahead and hit that over. It's oh, zero to one, the over three. That's what we're sweating right now, and we only sweat it over at my bookie. This is what you do if you're listening. You say, man, how do I get in on this NFL season? I know you're about to go off, Bo. This is what you do. You live for the NFL. You're going to go and open an account. You're going to use promo code RADIO. R-A-D-I-O radio, just like that. And you're going to go ahead and make a deposit. They're going to match you. And with that match money, you're going to start getting your feet wet. Not exactly, hey, man, we're going balls to the wall. We're going we're gonna to bang our heads to the wall on Thursday night. You're going to bet strategically. You're going to practice bankroll management. And you're going to do it all at my bookie because that's what we do here every single Sunday. If you're not familiar with us, it's money line. We try to get you on the right side of things, and we do it at my bookie. You use promo code radio. You get that deposit bonus, and then you get started. NFL, NBA, soccer, uh, UFC last night, a little bit of everything. You know me. I'm I'm a degenerate to the to the fullest as far as gambling, so make sure that you follow those bets and you do them at my bookie because that's where you can find all my bets. Get over to mybookie.ag. Use promo code radio and start winning money here with Moneyline. You're listening to us here Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. You're listening to ESPN 97.5. I don't blame it, Don.